Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. We all want love from, we all love for everybody. I think that's, you know, that's why comics get into this. You want everybody to love you, um, especially your peers. You want all the comics to go, hey, I care, Dob. Hey, cool, man. Fun, funny stuff. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. Hope you are enjoying our new format where we give you part one on Monday and part two of our interview on Thursday. Last week's episode with Jeffrey Ross was incredible and the response was just so amazing. Thank you so much for that and all your support. Again, I'm always grateful and I'm never going to stop letting you know. If you need to reach me at any point in time, just reach out to me via Twitter or Instagram at, at Barry Katz, and I will make sure that I answer you. I'm really excited about the episode that we're presenting today with Carrot Top. You're going to really enjoy him a lot. For a guy who I've known my whole career and who has gone through many, many series of ups and downs, he has persevered for so many years, and it's incredible what he's accomplished. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce him properly and present to you this first of two parts of Caratop. Scott Caratop Thompson has been making audiences around the world laugh for more than three decades. Since his debut on Star Search more than 25 years ago, Carrot Top has soared to success and become one of the most recognizable entertainers in the world. During the past 13 years, fans have flocked to his Las Vegas headlining residency at the Luxor Hotel and Casino to catch comedy's King of Props, where he induces side-splitting laughter with his current take on pop culture, music, and headlines of the day in a continually evolving show that changes every year. He got his start as a student at Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton, 
during his freshman year when he went to a club and saw live stand-up comedy for the first time. A few months later, his roommate convinced him to sign up at an open mic night, and after a handful of nerve-wracking first performances, he caught the comedy bug. Now Carrot Top shows have grown into a spectacle worthy of most arena rock bands, featuring lights, music, fog machines, huge video screens, confetti cannons, all in addition to his trunks full of props. After building an incredibly loyal and powerful following on the comedy circuit, a few of his first television appearances on Comic Strip Live in 1991, and especially his groundbreaking first appearance on The Tonight Show in 1992, changed his career trajectory forever. That appearance on The Tonight Show exposed his unique brand of comedy to millions of homes in America, and after an impressive 30 more appearances, Kara Top had the distinct honor of appearing on the very last episode of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Caratop's other credits include hundreds of television programs, including Live with Regis and Kelly, Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, Gene Simmons, Family Jewels, Chelsea Lately, Last Comic Standing, Tom Green Live, The Neighbors, The Jim Gaffigan Show, Tosh.0, Glee, Family Guy, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, Oprah Winfrey's Network Own, ESPN, and as a national spokesman for 1-800-CALL-ATT. In the feature film world, Caratop starred in his own movies including Chairman of the Board and Dennis the Menace Strikes Again, as well as the fourth rendition of the cult movie Sharknado, the Trailer Park Boys film Swearnet, the movie, and the box office blockbuster The Hangover. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure and honor to introduce to you today a guy I've known my whole career, Scott Thompson, a.k.a. Carrot Top. Right, and we've known each other for for a long time. I would have had this couch steam cleaned, by the way, if I'd known. <laughs> this is like, God, I think Warren Molecure fucking on this thing. So, <laughs> on location at the fabulous Canyon. Yeah, this club. is pretty cool, man. This is like a rock club. In uh, Agora Hills, everyone in the world I've walked around plays this has played this venues. There's a mural of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did a, a thing last night. We were in Coachella, and they had on the backstage walls. They had all the the set lists of all the bands from like all the way back on their set list. It was like you know Sticks and Eddie Money and everything. And then I, so I said, "Where's the, can I have a Carrot Top set list?" So I made one for them, and it was this dick joke, dick joke, dick joke, dick joke, dick joke, dick joke, drink, dick joke, dick joke finale. <laughs> and that was so that's my set list. That'll be my set list tonight. Every comic. Do you have a set list still? <clears throat> I have a, yeah, well, I mean, every comic has a, you know, an out, a general outline I think I follow, um, which is, f- you know, you kind of have to have, like, your kids were just here fucking with all my stuff, so I had to make <laughs> him put it back, because that'll be, if I go to look for this gay military gun that's covered in glitter, it won't be there, so I'm like, where'd it go? Damn it. Cats is kids. Fuckers. So I, um, I'll take, um, it's all kind of set up in a sense where I, you know, it's an organized mess, so I know where everything is. And then I kind of follow a general outline, but I can go dance in and out. Like, you know, we're playing California, so there's a lot of jokes that I don't normally do that I'll be doing tonight. So I have to kind of place them in a place where I would, you know, try to remember them. So you really, truly 
take hours and hours going through okay that one only works in vegas let me take that out and put this in this trunk definitely is an organized mess i mean people think that you know you just you know if, if they think you're just kind of any comic you just like band to band but i think most comics prepare and uh and yeah i'll have so jokes about california about being here um i have a whole opening about driving from vegas to here to you know um i do joke about uh, gay marriage is legal and marijuana which is, you know, interesting. So be careful. Some guy walks up and says, hey, want to smoke a fatty? You know, it's a <laughs> joke that probably only works, you know, here in California that wouldn't work probably you know, in Iowa. And what's gay marriage? Out of all the percentage of all the jokes you do in a 90-minute show, yeah. what percentage of them? Or funny, two. Two percent. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of them do not require any visual aid. Oh, a lot. Let's see, just guessing, probably a higher 40, maybe even maybe even more, 40 to 50%. Because there's a lot of props and then there's a lot of just stand-up, which I never used to do back when I knew you back in the days. Because when I back in the day, the clubs, they you'd get a five-minute, 10-minute spot. <clears throat> so they want you to do your props. You know, you're not going to be up there doing stand-up in space. Same with TV shows. You know, I go on The Tonight Show and the producer's are like, Stand up. I'm like, yeah, I have this couple of jokes. They're like, no, no, no. It's, we want your props, you know. I saw the show in Vegas, and that's one of the things that surprised me. More, more comics in general will, will, will say after the show, wow, dude, you have a lot of stand up in the show, which is really just more for me. I'm not trying to prove a point that I can do stand up. I just, I, I love doing the prop thing. It's my, that's my whole, you know, that is who I am. That's what people expect to see the props. And sometimes they're like, they'll say, go back to the props, you know, like, I'm talking too much. But one of the things people don't realize is that. You have to be an extraordinary joke writer to use prop. It's not just holding up something and saying this. There's different forms of prop comedy, too, which is when, when South Park and all those shows parody me, they always do the pun. They always do the one like, hey, it's a shoehorn. And I was on, you know, it's a shoe and a horn. I'm like, I, I, I don't really do that. Like, I'm just showing your kids. It's more of like um, a breakdown of... You could act, the, the joke itself could be a, st a, a stand-up routine without the prop. So, you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't say shoehorn without saying it's not funny unless you're holding up a shoehorn. Um, and one of the shows I did with, with uh, was a uh, family guy. They were like, you want to, you know, we have this bit, you want to be on it. And they, they sent me the script, and I was like, oh, man, it was a seesaw. Was the was the prop and it was a saw with glasses on it. So I get on the phone with Seth and he's like, "What do you think?" And I said, "Can I just be honest?" He's like, "Yeah." I said, "I, I hate the seesaw. And it's just so." And he's like, "Oh, dude, we love that." And I was like, "Oh, well, okay." And he's like, "We well, have a better idea. I mean, something else. We'll run it by him." I said, "Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't want to. If anyone loves it, let's just go with it. But I, I'd I'd rather be more of a an inventive kind of twist on it as opposed to just a pun." And he's like, but that's what Carrot Top is. I said, no, but I'm not. That's what's funny about my show. It's not puns. It's actually kind of crafted kind of stuff. I'm going to show you just a few of them out there, but they're not, they weren't word puns. They were more of a, an actual prop. Like I have one, it was an ice tray. It was one of the first props I ever did. It was an ice tray that had a level on it so you wouldn't spill the water when you brought it back to the <laughs> freezer. But it wasn't a pun. It was more of an inventive kind of a thing. And your early stuff... I'd say more than 25% of were inventions. Oh, like, yeah, most of them were. It used to be like, it wasn't really, it was funny that I thought of them, but they weren't really like, ha-ha. They were more like, oh, this guy's pretty clever. And the formula was, this is a thing if you do this. And then you, yeah, to get to this thing, yeah. Yeah, George Carlin, I would do a th whole thing in my sh show. You know, when you're a young comic and you get to meet, you know, someone that you not only idolize, it's your everything, it's your mentor, it's your thing. Um, and I was 
walking through an airport and I literally, George Carlin like sees me and he's like, Carrot Top. And I was like, holy shit. Not only did he knew who I was, which blew me away, but he knew my act. He's like, you're a funny kid. You know, is that, that shit, that thing you do with the cups, the cup joke? And I go, yeah, that's fucking great. And I was like, holy shit, George Carlin knew my, like one of my jokes and he liked it. You know, there's like, there's, I would, I'm the kind of guy who would think George Carlin would be like fucking carrot top, like he would hate me. But he was like, no, it's, it was great. Shailing was, was, was like that too one time I did The Tonight Show and, and he was the first guest and I was coming on later and so Jay's like, hey, well, you think for coming for you? You hang out for carrot top? And Shailing's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I hang out for carrot top. He's like, oh, we'll be right back. He's carrot top, be back. And so I'm now I'm freaked out because Gary Shailing's going to watch me perform. And I had never met him and I walked out and I did my little shtick and I think the opening prop was it was a plate for bulimia mix it was a plate that had a toilet built into it so you could eat and throw up and eat and throw up and I came over to the desk and Jay's like hey thank you we're now off the air thanks Karen Thompson you know whatever because I did too many weird jokes and went to commercial break and Gary Shanley's always says that was great the plate for bulimics like and we just had this one-on-one and I'm sitting on, you know, on NBC television looking at Gary Shandling and Jay Leno's chin behind me. And he's just sitting there saying, we are a funny dude. And I was like, this is great. The greatest moment of your life when you have that kind of thing happen. You're one of the most successful, so successful. comedians in There's the way more successful comedians than me, by the way. I love when people say it to like, 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 you know, uh, even Chris Rock's like, top. He always calls him top. You know, he's like, you know, yeah, this is what I said, what's must like to be cat top? I said, well, you're fucking Chris Rock. You know, get over it. Come on, dude. You're Chris Rock, for God's sakes. Yeah, but you're carrot top, you know. You know, Conan O'Brien. You know, you, you know, a lot of guys will say, I am successful, but I mean, there are comics that, that, that have gone on. I mean, there's the Seinfeld. I mean, Kevin James. There's so many that are just like billionaires live in these castles in, in the hills. And like, oh, carrot top's most successful. I'm not the most successful. I've been successful. And I'm still glad that I'm still doing it. I think... I have a. I think I'm part of the of the comedy world that is that has made it successful. I think people didn't think I was going to be is what I think of. Because like when I first started, they're like, "What the fuck is carrot top?" And I became a joke and a tagline. And the fact that now I'm still going, I think people are going, "Oh fuck, he, he's he, he's invited to the barbecues." I mean, fuck, it's been 30 years. He can be part of the club kind of thing by proxy because he's still going and people are coming and they're laughing. So I kind of get that like. I'm happy to still be doing it. And I'm recognizable in a lineup for sure. How many comedians do you know of in the country who have been doing it 30 years and sell out every single show they do? Well, there's a there's probably a few out there that do really well. Not a lot. Not, right? a, not a lot of comics. I mean, I've been very I have I will always it's not a day goes by that I don't I don't say to myself, "Wow, I'm still doing this." Especially in Vegas, you know. That's I think that's more of, of my uh um, personal proud uh, uh, moment in my career is because I've I've lasted thir- well twenty three years in Vegas. So yes, I'm, I, I would say that I'm very proud of that that aspect of my career. Not only the staying power and still writing and keeping it fresh, but the uh, the Vegas thing does blow me away because I kind of don't realize it's been. That someone was saying something the other day about doing a uh, not an anniversary, more or less a a comprising all the, the the amount of shows that I've done or how many years in Vegas which is at the Luxor alone 13 people are like well there's no there's no show that's been 13 years in Vegas the, except I mean there's been shows that have you know Pentel has been there for a while Copfield um, Siegfried and Roy but yeah just one uh, one guy for um, for yeah so it's, it's pretty it's been pretty amazing it's been a fun run you did the Tonight Show 
over 30 times. I remember um, uh, the guy that booked it. Jim McCauley. McCauley always loved me. I mean, always, always. He would come to the clubs and he'd say, damn it, you're so funny. And I said, well, then get me on The Tonight Show. And he's like, it's not me. It's, it's Johnny just doesn't want variety. And in a sense, if you go back and look at the last, it really wasn't any variety, even though, like Howie Mandel went on and he was, he would, but he was on St. Elsewhere and he had, you know, the NBC that there was ways to get on back then. Um, but I tried and tried and tried, and he said, and like I said, he loved me. McCall was like, dude, you're great. I love all your stuff, and Johnny would love it, but it's not going to happen. And sure enough, he left, and then like 20, 18 days into Jay's thing, I was standing there, and he even said, hey, it's going, it's going. And Jay and I hit it off right away, because I, I came and I brought like a leaf blower. And during the rehearsals, he's like, did you, did you bring a leaf? Is that, is that our leaf blower? Is that Kareth's leaf blower? And I said, that's mine. He's like, you bought a leaf blower? And I said, yeah. And he just was like, yeah, this look at me like, and this is in your, I said, this is my act. It's part of my act. I have a strobe light too. I didn't bring that, but he just loved that I had a leaf blower. I did some kind of Michael Jackson joke or something. I forgot what the joke was. It had a leaf blower. And he just was like, that's great. And Jay and I hit it off great. When's the last time you remember bombing? Oh, yeah, it's been a while, thank goodness. I mean, uh, you don't, I think there's a certain part you get in your career you can't really bomb. Unless, I mean, so you might have a bad crowd, but you still put up a, you put up a seven or an eight and you leave and you go, okay, I saved that, but they don't know. But I mean, actual bombing where you're like, it's crickets and you're just, and someone's yelling, no, I, thank God, um, no. We, we did a private event for a, a pizza company not long ago in Vegas. It was a big ballroom. And, uh, it wasn't the best crowd and we just kept I just kept I mean I kept looking at my my crew and we're just kind of you know laughing as like we say it's like pushing rope and you know and and <laughs> we get we get done with it you know and they all fucking stand and then I have to meet and greet all these people and there's like 50 people in the room and they're like that was the best thing we've ever seen and I'm like are you fucking out of your mind they're like it was great and I look at my manager he's like dude they loved it they loved it stop they loved it so there's shows that you walk away with going, oh my God, I'm done. I'm never going to hit the stage again. And then the shows you fucking nail it and they don't stand up. You're like, fuck, man, I was on every guy, had everything <laughs> going tonight. Some shows in Vegas, I fucking nail it. I'm like, God damn it. I'm like tap dancing. And I get done and they're kind of like, I'm like, and I, my guy was just, it was good, sir. You did good. And he's from Germany. You did good, sir. It was good. I said, yeah, they didn't stand. They're, they're lazy tonight. I said, you know what? I don't give a shit. As long as it's good the whole way and if they stand, it's great. Because the standing really just, it really, it's, it's two second thing. Um, it makes you feel good because you're like, you know, you got them up off their feet, especially in Vegas because it's just, it's just standing ovations in Vegas. You just, they don't want to get and in rooms where there's like the tables, you got to get up on the thing, up the table. It's, most people are just like, you know, <laughs> good kid. You know, the Carson, good job. My favorite thing is when you do like an, a 90 minute, like an, a two hour show and someone walks up, good set, good set, good set. It's not a set. A spot, good spot. A spot is a fucking five-minute guest set. It's a guest set. You know, it's a good show. You know, say, hey, good set, good spot there, kid. If you were to say, how much material do you have in terms of hours or minutes in your entire career? I have a warehouse full of stuff. Uh, we uh, we we go. Uh, I say we. I usually go walk through her once in a while and just kind of reminisce and look and see if there's something I might be able to create, um, bring back. I had a. I should bring back the, I had a, uh, a Clinton podium for Clinton 
and um, it was a great story to go along with this. But it was a podium and it had a it had a two buzzers. It was a green and a red. So and he would lie. He's like, I I did not have sex. Eh. I did not. I'm gonna raise time. Eh. And then he's like, I fucked her. Ding ding ding. So and then the second joke, the, the buzzers was just the, the setup to it, which is great because Clint was always like, I did not. And then this head with a with a beret would come up, and if I had a foot pedal, and I would hit, and the the, the head would come up like she's playing. And I go, I go, not now. Let me just say something. Not now. We talked about this, right? So I'm doing the Tonight Show and I did the rehearsal and the lady there that she was there the entire time for I ever did the show, she was the 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 what do you call standards it? Standards and practices. Thank you. Like the the, the least favorite person a comic. <laughs> Because we're like, oh man, you know, let us just do our thing. And it's NBC, Scott. She goes, Scott, it's NBC. And I, used to, I said, I used to say it says for nobody cares. It's okay. So <laughs> I rehearse my thing and I'm doing it. And all of a sudden I get to that. That's my closer. I was like, eh, I did not have it. And the head comes up and I, I push it down. <laughs> so everyone huddles and oh shit. And I see her. She's like, she has her notebook of fucking things I can't do. And mm, I can't do this. I'm like, oh. And she goes, the podium, you, Scott. I go, what, you can't, you can't, I swear to you, you can't, you can't press her head down. That's like, you, that's just, you can't do that. I said, okay. I said, if the head went down without me touching it, is that okay? She's like, oh, if you didn't physically press the head down, let me ask. Something in, okay, still a blowjob joke, but this is a forced blowjob. I don't get the for, so I'm like, okay. So she comes back a couple, like an hour later, and she goes, okay, if you can get it, the head where it doesn't, you don't press it down, we'll, we'll consider it. But don't, like, don't over exaggerate it and don't. I said, okay. So I go to do, I go back stage. I already rehearsed it, but I'm trying to try to figure out how to do it because it wouldn't go down. So I went to the prop guys. I said, I can't get the head to go down without, I need another, because the, the weight of the, thing got it up but there's nothing to bring the force down can you rig something another pedal and the guys they all looked at it it's like five minutes before the taping i'm like well fuck i'm i i don't I, it just coming up would have been funny so i'm gonna go with that so i'm last joke it's you know it's the tonight's live and i'm doing my thing and i did not have sex i will not raise taxes i will not and then the head comes up and i'm like big laugh and but the laugh was there and then i'm like i, I gotta get the head down so I used my elbow. <laughs> I couldn't get this. I was like, kind of like this, and then a big laugh. And then I, I, I said, I think it was another joke at the end. After I said, uh, you know, there's no one under my podium, and uh, and that was the big good night. So I come over to the desk, and everyone love is great. One of my best sets, and there's that standing practice. The latest fucking <laughs> walks right over. Are you? fucking got me fired probably I said what you used your elbow and I said it wasn't my hand you didn't say it. and she's just like god damn it thank god she liked me because I'd done the show like 30 times but she was like I'm gonna fucking kill you but that podium I thought yeah I might be able to pull that back for, for Trump I mean he's, he's got Stormy Daniels well, I was gonna try to think I've been writing something to put in the show about that because my, my crowd my crowd seems to be a little bit uh, more Trumpy I think I don't know why but they would laugh. Well, you think I do a joke in the show now? I said, I said, I do a thing about Trump, and then it, I said, Are we ready for this? And it's like one year in, it's a picture of Trump comes up, and then it's dead silent. And I said, I don't care if you voted for Trump or you didn't vote. For, the only joke I said in the whole show about Trump, I said, it's like having a puppy, isn't it? Every time you, every morning you wake up, like, what'd you do now? <laughs> and it gets a huge laugh. And so the last two nights in California, it hasn't gotten it. California thought it'd be a little more red, you know, a little more liberal. And so there, last night they were just like dead silent. I'm like, what? 
the fuck? And then I did, so then I'm like, well, now I can't do the next joke because he didn't laugh at that. That's silly. That's not, even, that's not even pushing the envelope. I do a joke about the president's aging, and I said, you know, all presidents get old. Remember Clinton? It shows Clinton old, and it shows Bush getting older, and it shows Obama. He turns into uh, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and I said, but you know, they all age. I mean, this is our president right now, and check the picture of him now. I said, God knows what he's going to look like in about a year from now, and picture Pence comes up. Because <laughs> the whole joke is that he's going to, you know, be whatever. But my mom thought, it was like, does that mean you had him assassinated? I said, no, that means he's not going to be in office anymore. Well, that's how I read it. I go, I didn't do a gunshot. I just said, this is what a president will probably look like, meaning he's going to get... My mom's like, well, I didn't read it that way, and I think the crowd didn't either. Okay, mom. All moms, by the way, in comedy talk like this. Well, I didn't know that. Jay's, Jay's mom. Well, Jay, his, his mom has the same impression. Do comedians ever come up to you after a show and have the guts to give you a tag oh absolutely every comic loves that god damn i and that's the first it's funny you say that do you mind if i i said fuck yeah do i mind please you know and they're like okay because most com- no i don't think you have one comic that wouldn't i mean i don't know for me and i think most comic unless you're just a fucking total dick that you wouldn't want to help <laughs> i mean sorry you got a you got a, a a guy just watching it from a different bystander that has an idea fuck yeah and i i do it to my opener all the time i'm like dude you gotta Every night I listen to him, I, I give him, I go, and I say the same thing. You know, you have to do this. Just, I thought of it. And he goes, oh, yeah, I know, I like it. And he'll try it. And sometimes he'll try it, it doesn't work. And I said, nah, I'm telling you, it's going to work. There's so many comedians out there in the country. You chose the guy that's opening for you to open for you. It's a great gig. It's a regular gig. You chose him. Yeah. What was it about him that moved you and didn't move you about so many other comedians. Well, I've had a lot of other ones open. I think what I liked about uh, Rob Sherwood, he's um, he's uh, kind of more of uh, harsh, not harsh, but he's more ah, and like a pit bull kind of, you know, um, and he kind of does a little bit of crowd work, but he kind of gets everybody kind of and doesn't take shit and gets everybody in their seats and kind of kind of is abrasive in a sense. And I come up and I'm like, silly so it works well because he's so this they get that out of him and then i come up like if i say fuck like oh he said fuck oh you know but he he uh yeah he sets me up well have you ever had a protege in your career somebody who you took under your wing besides an opening act maybe and who you saw something in really special like eddie murphy did with chris rock I wish I've had one that have gone on to that kind of success. I've have, I've had a lot of people that I've that I believe in. I've tried to get them furthered. Um, yeah, it kind of sucks. I think one, one one thing that sucks about me being stuck in Vegas, in a sense, is that I don't really get out and see a lot of stuff that I used to when I was when I lived in L.A. I'd go down to the you know the comedy clubs and I'd sit in the back and you see all these young amazing comics. You're like, fuck, that guy's gonna be huge. He just has it, you know. Um, in Vegas, you don't really get a chance to go out and see a lot. So I feel like, and I'm not really, I'm older, so I don't do that old, I don't do the whole computer, get on the YouTubes and look at look for new comics kind of thing. Probably should. But I usually, as we all do, we fall in that trap of like, eh. I love, I love when young comics or your people come up to me and say, you know, I'm doing comedy. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, good. We need more comics. We need the next Carrot Top. There's no other Carrot Top. I keep thinking that. Do you want somebody to well, compete I think that with would you? Be, I wouldn't say competing. I think it'd be kind of fun to see a young and up and coming prop comic. No one wants to be fucking the next Carrot Top. <laughs> Nobody wants to do it. There's not going to be. There's never, there's never going to be another Carrot No one wants to be a fucking prop guy. They get shit on the whole career. <laughs> Hey everybody, let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. 
It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Hey everybody, I am really, really excited. We have a sponsor, AquaTrue. This is the first countertop water purifier using multi-stage reverse osmosis technology. I know it sounds complicated, but let's put it this way. This is something that can take your tap water and can turn it into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You're going to be enjoying the best water, the safest water. And if you haven't read all the news about Flint, Michigan, in every single state, there's over 100 chemicals found in tap water that are not even regulated by the EPA. Many of them are cancer-causing and have lead in them. So you can go to a special website that we've set up called industrystandardwater.com. It takes you directly to the AquaTrue site. And if you get this product, you're going to get $100 off. Just type in 100 in the special code section. You'll get that money off and you'll start saving. You can put a whole huge bottle of Diet Coke in this machine. And 10 minutes later, it'll come out with the best tasting water you've ever had. I got one of these products. It was unbelievable. Industrystandardwater.com. And you'll be enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever tasted. I don't think I've seen another prop comic in over 20 years. No, me neither. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Especially the way I do it with how I do it. Because like when Gallagher was doing his, he had his whole, his own shtick. And, and Rip Taylor was all the puns like, hey. Gallagher could do 10 hours of stand-up. Stand no, he's brilliant. He never got the, he never got the, the accolades that he should have. And, and he was a, literally a registered genius, too. I mean, yeah. they, they checked his brain. He's fucking, he's, he's off the Richter scale. He had the intelligence or else the wherewithal. The props that he does is the lowest common denominator prop for the people who maybe aren't as smart in the right. audience and then he'll do the politics for an hour and it's great he's brilliant i mean literally i remember i remember growing up and that was he was one of my like beyond idols i liked everything about i liked everything about the fact that he mixed in that's kind of like what i do here i mixed in you know the props then i some stand-up but i add a lot of music i like because i like music so there's lots of music and lots of video there's ways to do a joke using my video 
wall behind me, which I, you know, for the first, for years I had that thing, I just had my logo on it. And finally one day my lighting guy's like, you should put a picture of, of the, whatever, it was a Michael Jackson joke, I think. And he said, put a picture of Michael Jackson behind you. Cause I used to always say, hey, cut your nose. And, uh, cause he had a fake nose. And so I, I put the Michael Jackson picture up behind me. And instead of me going, cut your nose, I grabbed the screen like this and I got you and the nose was gone and it was like fucking it took it to a whole it was like Broadway it took it to a whole more and now now I've gone I've created a monster because now I think of a video joke every day I think of a prop joke or a stand up joke I had a new video cue every night do you still love what you do no I do it just to get paid no I love I love 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 what I do that's why I think I still do it I was just walking out here I went to go down to this little antique place and the lady even says that, oh my god are you still are you, how long have you been doing this again you still enjoy it and I said yeah I still enjoy it and I think I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't enjoy it this is the best part I mean and this is all new doing these roads not new it's kind of a nice little twist because you, uh, you're not you're not uh, in Vegas every, you know it's, it's, it's kind of throwing you for a loop so I've got a kind of think a little bit harder tonight because the show's going to be a little different than it would be in Vegas. You're not just like, not in a sense they walking through it, but you got to be ready. You're in Vegas. You're comfortable. You're doing your shows. You have a routine. You're home. Everybody wants to see you can find the time to come during the 52 weeks of the year. No. Why do you choose to do a tour on the road? I, my manager has a car payment. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I don't know why I'm doing this. No, I know, it's my week off. I would be in Florida on my boat, my Speedo. But I would be, uh, yeah, no, I I think because you, you never really stop working. And I think, I don't know, they asked me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And I think it's, um, it, 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 it kind of keeps you on your toes. Like, you don't want to get into that, 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 that thing you just said, all that before, about Vegas and being on a routine where it's so easy to just kind of not work or not change the act. Um, and I've never done that. That's why I think we've also been in Vegas for 13 years because you get a lot of repeat customers. And they're always the number one thing they say to me, they always say that to me, like, I like the way your show always changes. You keep it fresh. And like, you got to. I mean, you can't, you know, it's, a couple of times I'll do something where I didn't get a laugh. And I go, I'm not doing fucking Nixon jokes, bitches. This is, this is now. I'm talking about fucking, this is, it was so current. Like, they, it's like, this is right now. It just happened. It's sometimes too current. You know, hasn't even hit the news yet. It always evolves as it changes. It doesn't just, we don't just completely start over the all new, like, I mean, if I'd, if I'd shot this for HBO or Comedy Central and it was all shot, then I would have to start all over because you can't do anything. That, but so we just kind of, we just kind of evolve. So if you came to me six months ago and now you just came, you'll see a lot of new stuff. There'll be stuff tonight about, I just added a Putin thing last night. It kind of got a good laugh. Um, the phone rang and I picked up the phone. It was a picture of Putin. And it says, hello, carrot, carrot head or something. I said, oh, hi, I always want to congratulate you on your victory. I was like, because they had the whole, I said, I didn't, I didn't win anything. I want to congratulate you on your show at the Coachella Casino. And I said, oh, thanks. I also want to congratulate you on your snowboarding victories <laughs> uh, at the Olympics. I'm like, you got the wrong, I let you a very good snow, fuck, you got the wrong guy. So it was silly, it was funny, because I tied in, you know, the current event, Putin congratulating Trump or whatever backwards. But, um, and then throwing in, you know, that I look like Sean White. I'm like, I'm not fucking Sean White. So when you did do an appearance, 30 of them on The Tonight Show, all that stuff, you put it in a bonfire and it's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh. never used it again. Uh, no, I, uh, no, I always, uh, you always use, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, you still, you still sprinkle throughout the show, but that's why I said a lot of it's in that, that classic trunk. They're, they're kind of, there's timely stuff that, 
There's stuff that always works. What Scott's referring to is he showed my sons and I yeah. a trunk from 32 years yeah, ago. Yeah, literally, yeah. And it's literally like the stuff that I was, I mean, there's a, there's a bank tube, I think, in there and a, a neighborhood crime watch It sign. all still works. Yeah, that's what I said. It's still, it's still, even the ice tray, no one knows that ice tray. I mean, you know, the, where we just played last night, they all knew ice tray because they sell trailers where they were, we were playing this in the middle of Coachella. It's all, you know, pretty rural. So they all knew what ice tray, well, they still have them, but you know, most kids are like, what's an ice tray? So, um, but yeah, most of the stuff is still uh, relevant. You know, How many minutes or hours are in the warehouse that are oh, never God. being used again? Oh, who knows? Yeah, there's so much stuff in there. And stuff that just, you can't, you can't do it all, you know, so you kind of pick and choose. And you pick kind of some of your ones that you know might work a lot better. If you can only save oh, wow. one prop or one routine that you'd want to put in a time capsule and have people open up and say, this is the thing that I love the most out of everything I've done. Wow. Well, I have one that, the, the one that George Carlin said to me that was pretty cool. I think, and I th want to say Seinfeld too, they both picked the same prop. So it might be, um, and it was my closer forever when I played the clubs and I, it was a paper cups and string um, for kids. And I used to say, hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, you sound so close. Well, I'm fucking a foot from you. And you talk to the cups and string, and then I would hand it down to the, you know, the person in the front row. And she would talk, and I'd go, how's it going? And she'd go, good. Hey, having fun? Yeah, I'm fine. I said, hold on, I have another call. And another cup would come out <laughs> for call waiting. And that was pretty clever. And I said, yeah. I said, hold on, another call. Hello, I'm talking to Susan. And I put it back, you still there? Hold on, yeah, I'm talking to, and then had three cups, conference calling would come out. <laughs> Always stupid. And then I had a clear cut for caller ID. I know it's you pick up. I'm looking at you. <laughs> so that was the one that I was. I, that George Carlin said to me at the airport, "That fucking cup, fucking routine, dude. That's some good shit." Who come out? I said I came with it. It's fucking good. Yeah. So that was um, one I was proud of. And this, that was the, kind of the one that I would have wanted to do on the Family Guy, whatever. When Seth was on the phone, and I think I explained it to him. He says, "I know, but that's dude. You're, you're overthinking it." I said, "Okay, then just do the seesaw." You mentioned Seinfeld, Gary Shandling. Of course, Jay Leno, Carlin, yeah. four guys who are incredible comedians. Yeah. Tell me about the people who are incredible comedians who have made your life harder mentally. Someone one day said to me, you know, making fun of you is kind of hack now because you've been doing it 30 years. And I said, oh, okay. Um, or the, it's always the ones that I don't know is what makes you laugh. Like if it's some comic in Nebraska working in a comedy club that has a joke about me being uh, the punchline. It's like, you, you, why would you, why are you, I, have you ever done a 90 minute show even for, I don't know. It's just like, you know, 32 years, hey, who are you to like? So I used to always, my mom, I would always say going back this long, still this piece of advice still stays true to it. Consider the source. And I would say it to this day, you know, if Bill Maher was giving me shit, that might hurt my feelings. You know, Jay Leno or Chris Rock or, you know, Jonathan Wynn, all these people that I admired. Um, but if it's some guy in Nebraska that's got a two minute, he's DJing or guest setting at a comedy club and he's giving me grief, fuck you. I don't, you know, it's like, I, so it's considered the source. That that doesn't even bother me. I'm like, hey, some guy sent a clip out, showed you this guy. I said, who the fuck's this guy? So when Dennis Miller back in the day had a little riff with me, which is great, we've made up since then. And it hurt my feelings so bad. So I, I remember the college was Wake Forest. And um, 
they called me literally I was living in Charlotte North Carolina and to Wake Forest it was like a four hour drive and they said can you be at Wake Forest University tonight I was like well fuck no I was like I was I don't know what I was in Charlotte at my apartment and I'm like when they said tonight it's seven o'clock and I'm like well it's two in the afternoon um, I guess but you're opening for Dennis Miller and I was like holy shit so I loaded up my little pickup truck and I drove all the way to Wake Forest and I met there met the guy set up my stuff how many trunks did you have then I only had one one little trunk and I probably had 15 minutes and that's all they wanted me to do 15 minutes so I brought my greatest hits so I get there and they said, you know, 15 minutes and then you'll look over and I'll, you'll see Dennis will be there. And so I get on stage and I, and there's a huge, it's an auditorium and, um, I don't think I've ever played to that many people. It's like 23, 3000 people in their big auditorium. And I hit the stage and, you know, the crowd was, I was doing, I think I'd been on one show or something. But the crowd was going nuts. They loved it. And I did my Wendy's, you know, I looked like the Wendy's hamburger girl. And um, I think that was my closer was that one. But I had like the hanger for a midget. And I had a boot with a kickstand with a drunk guy. And I had my ice tray with a level. And I had uh, a car. The one that he picked that was a car that was shaped like a ramp. So if you had a head-on collision, you just go over the car. You wouldn't have a wreck. So... I get, I get, I'm like five minutes in and I'm killing. And I'm really, I'm like, God, and there's so many people and I never felt this kind of energy. And I look over and there's Dennis Miller and the guy and he's going like, he's like, wrap it up. And I'm like, like now or, okay. I mean, it's like the game looked like now. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're good. Like I said, I've only done like five minutes. So I, I just said, okay. So I grabbed my closing joke, I think it was the cups and stringers, my Wendy, I think my Wendy's. And I said, oh, man, I look like the Wendy's girl and whatever the fuck. And then I said, good night. And the crowd was like, fuck, we wanted more. I was only, I was doing so good. So I walked by Dennis Miller and he says, leave your shit. I said, okay, because I was going to clean it up. Because I'm going to leave all my junk out there when he was, you know, he's going to stand there. It's Dennis Miller. I'm going to leave all my stupid props. So I was going to like kind of grab him real quick and put him back in the trunk and then bring him out. Leave your shit. So I, I left it all there and I went up into the rafters and watched his show. And it's Dennis Miller. He's great. I mean, he's fucking great comic. So and he was able to follow was, you. Well, I did five. I did you know ten, five minutes. So he picked up the. I mean, he picked up the shoe, of the shoe, the the car that was shaped like a you know ramp. And he's like, and he went to put it down, but he, he didn't like lay. He just kind of didn't throw it, toss it. He just kind of dropped it down, kind of like it was just whatever. And the whole crowd kind of they turned on him. Like, ooh, and he's like, oh, no, no, oh, the fuck no, the top, I love the top. He, kept, he called me the top. <laughs> I love the top. So after the show, I came down to say goodbye, and he'd already bolted and left. I said, shit, I wanted to at least say hi to him. So he had a show back then, Dennis Miller, he had two shows. One was a talk show, the other one. He always fucking ripped on me. He was like, carrot top, carrot top, carrot top. And so Margaret Cho one time is on one of those election ones we used to have uh, the talking post-election and Margaret shows on there and he did a couple more Carrot Top jokes and she goes why are you so mean to Carrot Top? He's my friend Margaret says and Dennis says I'll tell you why because he opened for me at a college and he's supposed to do 10 minutes and he did 30 minutes and you need that's the number one rule in comedy she goes oh well, I'll have a talk with him about that and I'm sitting I'm going I didn't have 30 minutes I barely had 10 minutes I was supposed to do 15 <clears throat> so Year, I mean, literally, time passes, and I'm uh, all of a sudden this door, elevator doors open, and I'm staying in LA, and ding, and the elevator stand, and there's Dennis Miller standing there, and he's getting on the elevator, I'm getting off, and I go, Dennis, and he's like, top, and I said, <laughs> what the fuck, and he goes, what do you mean what the fuck, he says, you need to get, I said, I, and I told him the whole story, 
And he says, well, I said, I didn't have, I didn't have 15 minutes. I'm lucky if I even had five good minutes. And I said, I would never have done that to you ever, just so you know. And he goes, all right, well, he's kind of like, whatever. Well, let's, you know, don't let it ruin your day. And he left. So then I'm, one time I see him with uh, David Spade. And I said, David, he's like, hey, Carrot Top, you know. And I said, no, Dennis doesn't like me because he thinks I went long. And he goes, oh, you can't do that. I said, I didn't go long. I didn't even have, I don't even have, I can't even go long today. I don't have 10 minutes to go long. <clears throat> so finally he says, okay, truce. Is it truce? And I said, yeah, truce. So last time I saw Dennis is in Vegas at the uh, All-Star basketball game. And I go to sit in my seats, and I swear <laughs> my life I go to sit down, and Dennis Miller is right behind me, like right here. And I said, huh, I got better seats than you. <clears throat> he goes, yeah. And I said, he says, will you say hi to my son? He's your biggest fan. I said, oh my God, that must really kill you right now. <laughs> it must really kill you. It's like salt on the wound. My son fucking is your biggest fan. He goes, yep, he is, sorry to say. <laughs> and so we've been friends ever since. But yeah, I think once he just he had to hear it from me that I wouldn't, I didn't, I was such a stupid young comic. I didn't have time to go long. I would never, and I never would have done that. You know, just to have that gig was like, please. People take a lot of swings at you and people don't realize how much work you put in. Yeah, it. yeah, they don't. But I mean, the fans do that. Yeah, that's something at the end of the day it really comes down to, which has been like that from, from day one, is I never really cared about what the other comics thought. I mean... I did with sense because you well, you want to have you want to have approval from your 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 peers, but I never really I never really cared about you know what they would do their act and I'd do my act and if they want to make fun of the fact that they pro I said that's my act it's not your act you know um, one time and I just saw him at Gary Shanley's funeral by the way um, uh, defending your life Albert Brooks. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's, you know, there's a guy just, oh, for me, I don't know, just something about, he's brilliant. So he, there he is at the funeral, and I walked over, I said, I just wanted to say hi. And he's like, oh, I can't top. And I said, you're, you know, not only brilliant. I said, do you remember you making fun of me on The Tonight Show? And he goes, oh, did I? And I said, do you, do you, but I want to tell you this, because it, 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 it's been with me forever. And he goes, oh, well, please, this is, what, what a better place to tell me this than at a funeral. And I said, seriously. He says, no, please, I mean, at all, at all costs, tell me. I said, well, you, you made this reference, you know, said, you know, if, if, if American Airlines lost Caretop's luggage, he, would, he wouldn't have an act. And everybody kind of laughed. And I'm sitting home watching this on the TV going, well, no shit. It wasn't really a joke. It's like if the Rolling Stones luggage, they wouldn't have a show. They lost all their amps and their guitars they wouldn't have an act it wasn't like it didn't mean anything I said of course it would I said that was kind of stupid and he's like well I wasn't trying to mean I said no I'm just saying that I don't that is true it's not really a joke I mean that's my act you know and back when I first started doing props too they would all, uh, the other comics would always say oh you're gonna drag this shit across the country all these that you're just gonna get old I said no I'm gonna have people drag my shit around the country <laughs> and as a joke I said it um but I never cared doing that. I mean, that was what I did. I would, they're going to, you're going to drag these props all across the country doing comedy club. Yes, that's what was my act. Was that the most hurtful thing anybody in your career ever said to you? No, that wasn't hurtful. I just wanted to tell them that, yeah, you're tr it's true. It's not really a joke. It's, it's a statement, but, but yeah, it, it is true. Again, it stayed with you. Yeah, just because it was Albert Brooks, but I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted him to say, you know, because he, he, he said he used to spin plates when he was first starting a comedy. So I'm like, you know, we, we should be, you know, on the same team, dude. Three out of four geniuses, it isn't bad to like it. Yeah, yeah, come on, Albert. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's cool. And we all want, like we said, we all want our, we all want love from, we want love for everybody. I think that's, you know, that's why comics get into this. You want everybody to love you, um, especially your peers. You want other comics to go, hey, I care, Dob. Yeah, cool, man. Fun, funny stuff. Obviously, 
you have the financial wherewithal to shoot anything you want, to do anything you want, to create the most innovative, unique comedy special that anybody has ever seen and sell it to whatever network instead of waiting for people to say, hey, we're going to give you a special. Yeah, we've been working on it uh, for a while, trying to figure out, you know, I've had meetings with a lot of people. They're always the same thing. So you're going to play Carrot Top, right? Yeah, yeah. We have been working on one, doing one in Vegas, naturally, just because we have, we're there. Um, we can make it a little Vegasy themed, in a sense, because Vegas is still Vegas. People still get intrigued by Vegas and somehow. We're getting closer and closer to just me doing my own thing. We've done a few things with pilots and stuff. They set up, you know, fake people to be my, my, my fake manager, my fake girlfriend, my fake this, and it just, it just isn't my thing. I like real uh, stuff. But people don't realize this, but you can act very well. I'm a great actor. I think every comic can act. I mean, I do. I think there's that. And I don't mean like, you know, not De Niro shit, but I think most comics can, can act. I mean, I, they, you know, it's just, you get up on every stage every night and you're kind of, I don't know. I th- if you watch him, even like Ray Romano, he's, he's, such a, he's such a great actor right now and all these things he's doing, it blows me away. I mean, really, right? That last movie, he's, I was like, fucking dude. I mean, he had me crying. That one where he was- The big sick. Yeah. I mean, that was brilliant. He stole the whole show. He was supposed to be, just be the, the father of the, and he, was, he really was amazing. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's a good challenge. I mean, as, you, as we all know, every comic wants to be, you know, wants to act and every actor wants to be a rock star. And everyone's, you know, we all want to be rock stars, I think, in the day. But um, I always find it funny when, when all actors want to be musicians. It's like, you know, I don't want to see Kenobi's play a fucking a band. It's just do a movie, you know? <laughs> I don't want to see Kiefer Sutherland. I don't. <laughs> you want to go see Kiefer? No, I don't. I want to go see Queen. I don't want to see fucking Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> I love Kiefer Sutherland. I'm just saying, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't want to see Kenobi's band. No. Although I, I can do it good is that, was that what's his name? Leo, Jer- Jared Leto, Leto. He's like a rock star and a movie star. Like, so pretty amazing. Hey, everybody. As you know, you've heard me speak on this podcast of the importance of clean drinking water. But just if not more important is breathing clean air. The air inside our homes can be up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside. It's a fact. Dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses circulate throughout your home as we speak. Plus out gases from your furniture, walls, floors, not to mention ozone, radon, and other chemical contaminants. It's potentially toxic soup in your home and no ordinary air purifier costing less than $1,000 or more can get rid of all those indoor pollutants until now. And that's why I'm so excited about the Air Doctor. It removes all of these contaminants and more. This product normally retails for $600. That's right. Look on Amazon. You'll see it's $600. But for you listening today, you're going to get $300 off and be able to take it home for $299 plus shipping. Just go to airdoctorpro.com and enter the promo code Barry at checkout. You save $300, and it's one of the smartest and most affordable ways to protect the health of your kids yourselves and your family airdoctorpro.com promo code barry i believe there was a time where you had a devastating loss where there was some fire and oh you yeah lost. we just did a whole thing about it i mean how many things were lost they just had the anniversary of that uh in birmingham i think it was last saturday 
so they reached out to me to do a little video for the club but uh yeah that was that that was really uh looking back on it, it was really weird we, we did a radio remote show at the club which we don't normally do so they had a breakfast uh prepared for everybody and the radio station was there and the listeners and we were live on stage doing the radio for it it was a big snowstorm ice storm coming in that night so they said everybody go back to the we'll keep you posted as to where we stand with the, the show being on and off tonight so I went back to the thing and about six o'clock they called us and said you know we're not doing a show because it was really bad so just stay in so we all stayed in we got shit face drunk we were all at the hotel and you know just on house arrest in a sense so I go to sleep and da, da, da. I remember a knock at the door and I opened the door and my my road guy's like staring at me like white in the face I'm thinking someone died you know he's what who died he's like the club burned down and I was like the club burned down I'm like what club he's like the comedy club and I said burned down what and he goes down I go well how bad is it and he goes no down the gone the whole club's gone the whole strip mall's gone it was like this whole like this and I was like oh my god Bruce's club that's all I could think of because that club was an institution and my buddy's like dude our show and it didn't dawn on me I swear to God I, I was looking at him I go oh fuck like it didn't all my shit was in that club so I was like I had the Tonight Show on Monday and I remember thinking, well, like, how bad is it? And they go, dude, there's nothing. Less. So I finally get Bruce on the phone, you know, eight hours later. Comedy club on. And I said, Bruce, what the fuck? How's it going? He says, it, it's this. I found a burnt carrot top T-shirt. <laughs> and it's still framed inside the Birmingham Comedy Club, right when you walk in the lobby. It's a, just a, the, my, the one that I drew my logo. It's just burnt. It's all burnt around the edges. And that's uh, hanging. So... I said, I got the fucking Tonight Show on Monday. So I had to call Jay and all them and say, listen, my, the, the club burned down that I'm playing in Birmingham. I can't, you know, be there. And so Jay went on that morning, that night, and he said, you know, yeah, young comic, Karen Thompson, let's come and film night, but if the club burned down in Birmingham again. And I made a joke. They found, you know, they found Rip Taylor's matches. <laughs> but um, I literally went back to... Uh, to Charlotte was at the time and all the word got out around the community and comedy community and they, all the comics came to help me rebuild they had like a scavenger hunt I said I need a crime watch sign I need a rubber chicken and a tennis racket I need a and everybody went around and we all went on a scavenger hunt the day and found all the stuff and came back to my house and rebuilt at least you know half of it so I could go out and at least do the next gig that weekend or wherever I was so yeah I had to start off from scratch okay before we wrap up I'd like to thank our sponsors, AquaTrue, the groundbreaking small countertop water purifier. Just go to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry. Get $100 off and get the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies. And the groundbreaking documentary, I Killed JFK, and the additional interviews of five of the last remaining JFK assassination experts features the only living person in history to admit to killing President Kennedy. You can purchase these exclusively at ikilljfk.com. When Trump says he wants to drain the swamp, 
What do you think's at the bottom of the swamp? Trust me, I guarantee it will change the way you look at the world. And the incredible air purifier, the Air Doctor, that removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and everything bad in your house. You can save $300 right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and entering the promo code Barry and finally start breathing in clean and healthy air in your home starting today. And last but not least, I'd like to thank my partners at Wondery. They are truly amazing. Recently, they asked me to request if you would just take a few minutes of your time to complete a short survey. Just go to wondery.com survey, and you can do it straight from your smartphone. It would really help us out here at the show and at Wondery. That's wondery.com survey. I really appreciate it. And that wraps up. Part one of two episodes of Carrot Top. You can check out the next episode this coming Thursday. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You'll get all the money. Drive that fancy car All the people love you Cause you're going for Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over So it all feels the same You pick your own poison Dig your own grave down in the valley A fortune Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes, which will be available for download every Monday, or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to barrykatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day.